Hello, welcome back to Jumbo. I think this is episode 16. We're doing a lot of pre-recording, so I'm starting to get the numbers really, really mixed up. But this is probably my favorite ever episode that we've done to this point, and we've had some episodes that I've really enjoyed doing. But this is our favorite professional athletes or best professional athletes, however you choose to do it, because I'm sure we have a little bit of both in there of best and favorites, at least my list does, um, without a championship. No championships, a lot of great athletes throughout, you know, sports history with no championships, a lot of them that deserve them, and yeah, I was amazed at how many there are. I mean, I had like a list of 50, cut it down to 30, we all have a list of 30, so that's why this is probably going to be at least a two-parter, if not a three-parter. We'll just see how much time it takes. That being said, I'm just going to jump right into this with my number 30, and my number 30 is former he may still be playing. I don't know. He's so old. But uh, Jason Witten. Jason Witten's my number 30. No championships for the former Cowboys tight end, which is definitely where his career flourished, not in Las Vegas. For the Raiders, that was, in my opinion, a mistake for him to come back. I think he already had had his legacy. And, you know, I just I, I don't really see his point in coming back. But he accomplished a lot in Dallas. Him and Romo, I would say Romo's favorite target. Maybe you could say Des Bryant, but I would I would probably go with Witten for more longevity, and I think he missed less games. So I'm going to go Jason Witten for my number 30 and pass it to whoever wants to go second, which is Randall. Okay. <clears throat> Mine is actually Brian Urlacher for the Bears. Um, basically, he was 2000 Rookie Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, 2005 defensive MVP, only went to one Super Bowl, lost to Peyton Manning, the Colts. A uh, very energetic guy, great linebacker, played the game really hard, typical Bears defensive player, and it's a shame he didn't get anything, but I'd say Brian Urlacher. For my number 30, I've got Tim Brown, wide receiver for the Raiders. Tim Brown was really good. He made it to the Super Bowl, but that was when they got trashed by the Bucks. And, uh, you know, you hate to see players like that lose because Tim Brown was a really good wide receiver and is definitely a legend. All right. We got the Band-Aid ripped off, folks. We got our number 30s in. Now time for number 29. My number 29 staying in the realm of football here. I, mine's, I have exactly um 16 football, and I've got 14 basketball. I don't know these guys' numbers, but that's mine. Um, so here we got another football. I'm going Steve Smith here. Number one target for basically every Panthers quarterback up to Cam Newton and even for Cam Newton I would still say that was his best target in the time that Steve was there you know I've talked about Steve a little bit before and another list we've done I love the guy you know I like the trash talkers just a thing that I have an affinity for I like to watch it and you know the guy deserved a ring I mean to be like 5'9 5'10 somewhere in that range not a big guy I mean but he caught balls he made big plays and he was a really reliable target for the Panthers and even the Ravens when he went to the Ravens for the last couple of years of his career. Overall, just a solid football player. Uh, I'm going baseball this time on Craig Biggio, uh, Houston Astros. Any Astro fans go tell you Craig Biggio was a great ball player, played a 20-year career. He won three gold gloves, lost in 2005 World Series, played in six postseasons. Great baseball player, played a couple positions, second base, center field. Very good ball player in uh, – Craig Biggio really deserved a World Series title, but didn't get it. Coming in at my 29, I've got Donovan McNabb, the quarterback for the Eagles. Donovan McNabb was a good quarterback, but once again, he got beat by my Patriots in the Super Bowl. So he made the Super Bowl, but he just could not get that final win. 
but Donovan McNabb had a very good career. I like Donovan McNabb. I think I can't remember if he was pre or post Michael Vick, but either way, though, there's a great segue between the two. I remember that segue happening. I can't remember who was first. Uh, number twenty-eight. I've got a Charger great here. My third consecutive football player. Uh, we got Dan Fouts. You know, the guy was really good for a really long time. You know, kind of. I, I would say set the footwork for Philip Rivers, even though he's a long time before Philip Rivers, just kind of precedented what a Charger quarterback should be. Made it to one Super Bowl. Of course, that Super Bowl was infamously known as the Ice Bowl. And when you play in San Diego and you're used to 100-degree weather and you play in the Ice Bowl where I think it was like negative 14 degrees, you know, you're probably going to lose. And they they did, you know. But um, great quarterback. Appreciate what he did for the Chargers in setting that precedent for a guy like Philip Rivers, and we're going to have Dan Fouts clocking in at number 28. What's funny, James, is my 28 is also Dan Fouts. So. Nice. We got to talk about him in passing. Well, uh, Same pretty place. much what you said, yeah. Lost in the ice bowl, but, I mean, he was the original Philip Rivers, if you think about it. That's what really was. <laughs> All right, Dad. Threw the ball a lot, actually. He's fun to watch, matter oh, yeah. of fact. Watched him growing up, so he's a good That's ball nice. player. I'm on back to baseball, which these boys don't do baseball, but I'm going to do baseball again. <laughs> I'm going to go pitcher Juan Marichal, great San Francisco giant pitcher. He's a Hall of Famer. He pitched 16 seasons, uh, lost to the Yankees in 1962, but who didn't lose to the Yankees in 1962? So a uh, very good pitcher. If you ever watched him pitch, he was fun to watch. Great pitcher, and I'll go with Juan Marichal. All right, James, you start off with the 27. All right, 27, finally ripping the Band-Aid off from football, going into a little bit of basketball here. I have Pete Marinovich, also known as Pistol Pete. Gotta love Pistol Pete. You know, really, you know, similar to Dan Fouts and Philip Rivers, he just was way before his time. I mean, this guy could play now. And there's not many guys that played back then that you could say could genuinely play with the guys that play now. I mean, he shot the ball deep, threw some incredible passes. There's a documentary about him. Um, it's not He's not in it. It's like a – I don't know how to describe it to you. It's called The Pistol. I really encourage you to go watch it. It's incredible just to see his journey as a basketball player. The guy played 10 years – died of a heart attack, and if you've ever seen his quote, he actually said before his NBA career, I don't want to play 10 years in the NBA and die of a heart attack, and, you know, that's actually exactly to the T what happened to the guy. So you got to hate that for him, but he was an incredible player, and, you know, he just I, – I feel like I say this a lot, but he really did set the footwork for the modern NBA point guard. you got to love what Pistol Pete done for the NBA and for point guards. Well, we knew we were going to have some duplicates. Guess what? I have Pistol Pete Maravich as well. And the funny thing about him, too, you know, he's known for his lights-out shooting, which you mentioned, but he also averaged 40 points a game in college. I mean, this guy was excellent in the way he played. Yeah. I mean, the guy was just something phenomenal. He played three years yep. and has the all-time NCAA scoring record yes, still he in does. three years. Yes, he does. I mean, you know, when you think about shooting, man, and, and these guys back in their time – He's awesome. So, yeah, definitely. Pistol Pete Maravich is something else. I try to steer clear from basketball because I knew that we'd all three be, you know, going over on that. But my number 27 is an all-time Patriot great that missed the Bill Belichick defense. I've got linebacker Andre Tippett. Tippett was very good, very dominant. And like I said, he's before Bill Belichick. So if you're a good linebacker for the Patriots and you don't play for Belichick, that takes some skill. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. Bill will make you good even if you aren't very good, but. To be pre-Bilichick, that's uh, really pretty impressive. 26, a guy that I would bet Randall or Kendall, if not both of them have. 
I would say that on their list, he's probably a lot higher. I kind of slighted him, to be honest. He could be higher on this list, but I just didn't want to put him higher on this list, to be totally honest. Um, I've got Dan Marino here, part of a lot of great teams. The guy was great. I mean, I I genuinely don't have a lot to say about him because he's before my time. He didn't play for my team, but an incredible athlete. I think he beat that Bears team that was going to go undefeated, and it's the only guy that beat him during that whole season was Dan Marino. So if nothing else he accomplished, he's got that. He can say he ruined a team's perfect season, much like the New York Giants for the New England Patriots. Dan Dan Marino's going to be in my part two video. Well, I'm going to go ahead and talk about Dan Marino because he's on my list too. I mean, this guy won the MVP in his second year in the league. Very talented, strong arm quarterback you know today you see a lot of strong on quarterback but that back then you really didn't more of a float this guy could gun it man uh he went to one super bowl what a travesty his second year and lost the 49ers so you know and that 49ers team was good we all know it It was it was stacked it had montana it had jerry it was good but yeah dan marino you know coming out of university of pittsburgh really didn't go as high in the drafts as a lot of people thought marino was going to go because of his arm but Boy, Dan Marino was a quarterback. I give him that. He did throw the ball a lot. Did have a lot of records because of that. But, yeah, mine was Dan Marino. I think this is 26 or is it 27? This is pick number 26 for me. Uh, one of my picks is going to come home for you, James. I got Antonio Gates yeah. tied in for the Chargers. Antonio Gates was very good. He was undrafted, very dominant, and he just you know went on that unlucky team with the Chargers. Yep. But, I mean, definitely going to be a Hall of Famer, I feel mm-hmm. like. And uh, – <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what happens. Definitely have Antonio Gates on my list. Uh, You could probably go ahead and guess that I do have him quite a bit higher than number 26, but I understand why a non-Chargers fan, because I did include this list is going to be very, very biased on all three ends. So that's why he's low on Kendall's, and that's why he will be exponentially higher on mine. Uh, For number 25 for me, I have, in my opinion, a top five score in NBA history career just riddled with injury or I think this guy could have really been something special modeled his game after Kobe Bryant big buddies with Kobe Bryant I've got uh Tracy McGrady here T-Mac you know the way Kobe put it Kobe was 6'6 six, six, uh T-Mac 6'8 Kobe said that he's he can do everything I can do and he's two inches taller the guy was just a menace especially playing for those I think it was Orlando Magic teams where he was the best I mean he had some other good years like with the Rockets and that's what a lot of people know him for because that 13 points and however many seconds but in all genuineness, the magic was where he dominated, and this guy just could score at all three levels. He could shoot threes. One of the first guys that was six eight and had that stature that could really shoot the ball started the movement for guys like KD, who you see now. And I mean, this guy's just a bucket getter, incredible player to watch. And he clocks in at my number twenty five. I'm gonna stick with the NBA as well. I'm with Tim Hardaway. Uh, Tim was a well, really Miami Heat's where you're going to remember him more than anything, but five-time All-Star. And a lot of people don't know this. He was the second-fastest player to reach 5,000 points. And Hardaway was a great ball player. I mean, if you ever watched the guy, he was he was a dominant force as well. And, uh, you know, sad he didn't get anything either. But a lot of these NBA guys didn't. But, yeah, Hardaway was mine. 28 for me, I've got Anthony Munoz, offensive tackle for the Bengals. Munoz has definitely talked about a lot. Everybody knows that he's one of the greatest offensive tackles ever. But, I mean, this guy really was a dominant force. And, once again, he stayed loyal to the Bengals. That's why he didn't get a chip. But I really like Munoz. I think he was a good player to model after. And definitely off dominant offensive tackle. Good pick there. On mine, I think this is number 24. Going back to the realm of the NFL a little bit. On a guy that still has a minor chance this year to get a ring. I would say there is 
talks of him possibly retiring. So if he doesn't get one this year, if he decides to stay in the NFL, he's definitely, well, I mean, obviously if he retires, he's not going to get one. But he does have a chance this year. His team's made some moves. You got Larry Fitzgerald here clocking in at number 24. The guy really deserves a ring. He just all around, I mean, and I could be wrong, but he seems like a great guy to me. He just seems like a very genuine guy. Seems like somebody you'd want to be friends with or want to be your teammate. And, I mean, he's got some incredible records, you know, he, he's not that fast, nor has he ever been that fast. Not that he was always this slow, because now he's in his older age a little bit. But, you know, he never really relied on speed. He just route running, catching the ball, and just getting around people. He just he knows how to get open. That's all I really have to say about Larry Fitzgerald. The man knows how to get to the ball and deceive a corner, which kind of bothers me because I played corner. But, you know, <laughs> is what it is. I'm going back to baseball. I'm on with uh, Mike Piazza, um, brand-known Dodger and Met, 16-year catcher, rookie of the year, 12-time All-Star, one World Series, five postseasons, never got a ring, and you think playing for the Dodgers or Mets, he's going to bring one home. Didn't happen for him. My 24 is Derek Thomas, linebacker for the Chiefs. The most interesting thing about Derek Thomas is he's got the record for the most sacks in the game with seven. I don't see that record ever being broken. He's sadly deceased. He died in 2000, but he was a heck of a linebacker, and he's still known today for this seven-sack record. Yeah, if anybody ever had the chance to break it, I would have said it was two years ago Aaron Donald, but even he never achieved anything even close to that. He may have got three or four, which is impressive, but seven stuff. I mean, that's dang near impossible to beat. That's probably going to be a record held forever like Wilt's 100 in a game. I mean, it's just incredible. I've never seen a guy come off the line as fast as him, man. I mean, he when he kept the corner, he's gone. You couldn't block him oh, if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah, that right. guy's incredible. Didn't make my list, to be honest, but, you know, that's why we have three different lists because they're going to have players. I mean, like as I've already said, there's not a single baseball player on my list. I mean, it, it ain't going to happen. I couldn't tell you who's got a ring, who ain't got a ring, what team they play for, nothing. Like, I'm can probably list on one hand the amount of baseball players that I actually know, but that's okay. So moving on to my 23, I contemplated really, really hard about putting this guy on this list or not, because to be brutally honest about it, the guy's a total piece of crap. Uh, (laughs) Well, I've already talked about him. It's Carl Malone. I mean, you know, you look at a guy that is genuinely, man, he's a child molester. And I mean, he really is like, you know, it's 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 probably rude of me to say it so bluntly. I mean, honestly, it's probably not very nice of me, but he really is. Like, it's not any speculation. He really is. And the sole reason that I have him on here is he's the second all-time leading scorer for the NBA. Terrible guy, but, you know. Heck of an athlete. Heck of an athlete, knew how to score the ball really strong, one of the best post-offensive players we've ever seen. And I, I genuinely do hate to put him on here because I, I cannot stand him. One of the, I just, I, I, I mean, you, you, I'm, re- I'm stuttering so bad, but I don't even know what to say about this guy. Like, I genuinely don't. I, I hate to, I hate to put him on here, but how can you leave off the second leading scorer of all time in the NBA? Got to put him on the list. You know, doesn't mean I have to like him because I definitely don't. But he does clock in on the list. <laughs> Uh, and I and I hope there's some baseball fans. I am throwing baseball out there for you guys. But uh, the next one's going to be Rod Carew. Uh, 19 seasons, played with the Twins and the Angels. Has a career 328 batting average. All-star. His first 18 seasons, he won Rookie of the Year and MVP in 1977. I don't think you can think of a better baseball player than Rod Carew. Never, played, never got hurt much. Played the game the way it was supposed to be played. And first base, Rod Carew had it down. So I was going to say Rod Carew. 
For me, I've got the best running back for this team's, I guess you could say, franchise. I've got Earl Campbell. He's definitely the best running back for the Oilers. I mean, you really can't beat that anymore since the team's not there. But Earl Campbell was a beast. He was a good running back. He's very dominant. And like I said, you know, best running back for the Oilers of all time. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's a good pick. All right, to pull my list back up here, we're sticking in the realm of the NBA. Another player that I don't necessarily care for that much. You know, I just don't like his play style. Much, much different reason than Carl Malone. Uh, this person, I'm just not a huge fan of their game, like I said. Um, this is Carmelo Anthony. You know, Carmelo Anthony just the other day crossed into top 10 all-time in scoring. Carmelo Anthony is now number 10 all-time in NBA all-time scoring. So the guy knows how to score the ball, and a lot of people say he's a really good teammate, but he also he's a little upset every time, or at least in his prime, that he doesn't get that 30. Of course, he's come around now to be more of a team player, but... You know, the guy is incredible. Some of those Knicks years were great. People forget about the Nuggets years, which, in my opinion, were even better than the Knicks years. Just a lot more display of athleticism and being able to get to his spots and just knock down any shot that he wanted to. Um, not a Just not a play style I care for. I, I've never really enjoyed watching Carmelo Anthony play, but he is an incredible basketball player, and he knows how to put the ball in the hoop. So number 22 goes to Carmelo Anthony. Okay, I'm going back to NBA myself. I'm on with Chris Weber. Uh, many people remember Chris Weber as the timeout that wasn't. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. But, uh, you know, he was 1994 Rookie of the Year. He's a five-time All-Star, 15-year career. You know, when you think of Michigan basketball, you think of Chris Weber. I mean, he was he was a great ball player. Uh, NBA, I thought he could have probably had a better career, even though he did get Rookie of the Year. But, really, you know, he came out very highly. I mean, everybody's going to say, you know, he's the guy. But, but yeah, I'd have to go with Chris Weber. My 22nd, I've got to put Tony Gonzalez, or Tony G, if you will. Uh, he's a great tight end for the Chiefs and even better for the Falcons, in my opinion. He's one of those guys that, you know, he played before I was born, and I also grew up watching him. So I, I'm going to put Tony Gonzalez on there. Tony Gonzalez is also on my list. Another guy, not because of bias reasons, but I do think he's a little bit higher. I have no bias towards Tony Gonzalez. I'm far from a Chiefs fan or a Falcons fan, but he will crack my list eventually. Uh, number 21, we have a guy that I hate how he's portrayed nowadays. Uh, played the same time as Michael Jordan, and what he's known for is his sole dunk contest against Michael Jordan, and that's Dominic Wilkins. I really hate that he's known for that dunk contest, and I get it because the man could really dunk the ball, but he was such a good basketball player. Like, you know, a lot of these guys that win dunk contests, like D. Brown, D. Brown wasn't that good, but he won a dunk contest. Dominic Wilkins won a dunk contest, but he was a heck of a ball player. I mean, he could shoot the mid-range, not necessarily threes. A little, little after his time, the three-point line really started to be a thing. So he did struggle beyond the arc, but mid-range, dunk, great finisher outside of dunking. You know, go under the rim, above the rim, jump around people, over people. Just knew how to finish around the rim and super valuable and I, I do hate that he's portrayed the way that he is because nowadays it's just like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that had the dunk contest against Michael Jordan, and that's true, but also a heck of a ball player for the Hawks. Well, I had Dominique on my list too, so I'm going to talk about Dominique as well. You know, they called him the human highlight film, and he was. I mean, great ball player. Uh, 11 straight years with 20-plus points per game. I don't know if you knew that about Dominique, but, boy, Dominique could play some basketball. You know, if you're a Hawks fan and you're a longtime Hawks fan, you're going to think of Spud Webb and Dominique Wilkins because those two were the show, and Dominique was a great ball player. I, I think they showed Dominique the other night in the stands, and he still looks like he could play basketball, I'll be honest with you. I think he could. There you go. 
for my 21, I, I might as well throw a basketball pick out there too. I've only got two of them. But for 21st, I've got Allen Iverson, point guard for the 76ers. AI was good, but once again, he stayed loyal to a crappy team. Well, no, he went to more he teams than one. Never mind. Teams, but yeah. he, he, but he, he mostly Philly stayed for Philly the longest. He was a 76er, if you think He probably could have went. He went to the Nuggets and played with Melo. He did. Um, but, I think that's where he – Ended his career, but he spent a lot more time at Sixers than he should have, you know, left. If you think of him, you're gonna think of the Sixers. Definitely should. No question. Great with the Sixers. Even made it to that finals, and they stole a game against the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. They stole that one game of that's the infamous shot that I'm sure you all have seen, where Allen Iverson hits that between the legs, you know, hits it from the corner and steps over Tyron Lue. That's game one, and then the Lakers went on to win the next four in a row. That was it. Number 20, I have Julius Peppers. You know, uh, home, close to home guy, so a lot of people around here know Julius Peppers, but top five all-time in sacks, I do believe, if not top three possibly. I'm not going to say top three for sure because I'm not sure, but I know he's right there. Definitely top five, though. And just guy knew how to pressure the quarterback. I don't have a ton to say about him because I don't know the logistics of how it works to be a pass rusher because I don't have that kind of knowledge because I didn't play that. But, you know, any guy that's top five in sacks that didn't get a championship that played for a couple really good teams, I think he deserves to be on the list, and we've got him clocking in at number 20. And you know a lot of things about him, too. He's a great basketball player, too. I probably really honestly could have went to the NBA if he'd went that route. I think he did kind of chase a championship ring when he went to Green Bay for a while, but it didn't work out. But, yeah. Uh, next one we've already talked about is Tony Gonzalez. I guess I can throw just a couple more little stats in there on him. But, you know, a lot of people do regard him as the, maybe the best tight end of all time. It's debatable. I mean, really. Holds receptions record for, t- for tight ends. Uh, first bout Hall of Famer. Never played in the Super Bowl, though, in 19 years. 12 of the Chiefs, 5 of the Falcons. And really only went to one championship game and they lost that one. So, yep. For my 20, I'm going back to football, which most of mine are football, like I said. I've got Eric Dickerson, running back for the Rams. I like that. Eric Dickerson was a great running back. He's known for the goggles, but <laughs> he's still a great running back, and he can tear it up. I like the Eric Dickerson pick a lot. Not somebody that made my list, but I do love that pick. Let's see. We plan on doing top 10, but we're only er, 22 minutes in, doing 30 through 20, so I think we'll just go through 15 and make this a two-parter. We might just knock this out. I don't know. We're rolling pretty well. We'll, we'll, keep rolling, we'll, just, we'll just keep rolling. However far we make it is however far we make it. Part two will be the next episode whenever after you hear this one. Next, for my number 19, a guy that we have already mentioned um, shortly ago, Allen Iverson. Great ball handler. Started a lot of the way the style is in the NBA, which has nothing to do with why he's on this list because I don't really care about it. But he he is attributed with a lot of that. Tattoos weren't a thing before Allen Iverson. And, you know, the crossover was incredible. Basically invented the crossover because nobody had it that down until Iverson came in the league. And the guy was a bucket, led a horrible 76ers team to that finals against Kobe and Shaq, like I'd already mentioned. And... He managed to steal the game. He stole one game. Incredible story if you ever watch. He has a Netflix documentary. It's really cool. I encourage you to watch that. It's awesome. Very interesting story behind how Allen Iverson made it to the NBA, but guy was a bucket. Allen Iverson, number 19. I'm going to head back to the NBA here, and I'm going to talk about Charles Oakley, great New York Nick, defensive game changer. I mean, boy, he could play some defense, and you know, NBA, you don't really think about defense as much these days because they're all scoring points. But I tell you what, Oakley was a good one. And good. here recently, you might think of Charles Oakley where he kind of got in a fight at the Knicks game where they kind of pitched him out of the the stadium there because he got a little temperamental. But you know what? 
you gotta love these athletes with the fire. And if they still got it in their older age, why not, man? Be be who you are. For my 19, I've got Andre Reed, wide receiver for the Bills. He was on those teams that, you know, just couldn't quite win the championship. But he was a great wide receiver, very dominant. He was pretty fast, too. And, I mean, he'd catch anything you throw to him. So, at my 19, I got Andre Reed. You know, we talked about earlier, and I'm sure these guys have some of these players on the list, but uh, those Bills teams, <laughs> what, four straight? Yeah. Four straight? I mean, how heartbreaking. Not for the players. I mean, for the players, too, don't get me wrong. Uh, But to be the organization, like, say, the owner, and not win one in all that time, that has to be heartbreaking. Oh, yeah, most And what's sad, they really wasn't close except for the one game where he misses that field goal. The rest of them, they got handed to him, man. Yeah, they got blown out constantly. They had one close game. That was I, the Norwood kick that hit the upright at the tide, I think, or maybe yeah. win. That, that just has to be so heartbreaking just to make it that close every year for four years and just not be able to get over the hump. I, I really feel for those Bills fans. Honestly, you could probably make a 30 out of Bills players just because they went four years oh, with yeah. vastly different teams. All those teams were good. But anywho's moving on from the Bills, even though we, I, I would bet you that we will be coming back to the Bills. We're going to move on to my number 18. I have Randall's greatest running back of all time here. Throw it in Barry Sanders. You know, like I've said before, he, he, I hope you guys know what I mean when I say created the juke move. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's the first person to ever juke. Like, that's not what I mean. But it just wouldn't be what it is today without Barry Sanders. Like, he really patented it. Like I said for, you know, Dan Fouts for Phillip Rivers, that sort of thing. He he just patented it, you know, made it what it is today. And, you know, not my greatest running back of all time. I will give you an insight and tell you that my greatest running back of all time is on this list. Of course, you know, being my greatest running back of all time, he's going to be just a little bit higher. But I love Barry Sanders. I think he was really cool to watch. And... I've got him clocking in at my number, 18. Well, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, James, because I, I actually had Barry Sanders my number one overall. <laughs> wow, I got him at three. Because, I mean, I know who your number one is, and I'm not going to spoil it, but come on. Seriously, is there oh, a yeah. comparison? Come on. You can't compare. You can't compare. You can't no. compare. Wait, okay, wait. It's not who we Well, I still don't think you can compare anybody to Barry Sanders. I, 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 don't got, see some, it I got somebody. I, it'll surprise you. Right. No, I said on this podcast a couple weeks ago, Barry Sanders is the greatest college player of all time. I don't disagree. He was a great team player. He put up with Lord knows in Detroit what the crap that they put around him. He had no line. He had no quarterback. He had no receivers during that time. Records speak for themselves. I mean, you play for championships – and Barry didn't get one. That's a shame. And, and I see him retiring at age 30 just for that reason. I hate to say that. But, you know, Barry Sanders is a number one guy, never got in trouble. Uh, they showed him, I think, what, last year, two years ago at the Thanksgiving Day game? Yep. He looks like he still suit up and go out there and play, man. I, I mean, he, could. Dang he looks the same as he did when he retired at age 30. But, you know, I, I love me some Barry Sanders just because of the fact, I mean, you could watch him go around one end do a complete spin, go all the way back to the right side and turn it up for about 20-yard run. Yep. I mean, the guy was quick. And I, I, Barry Sanders, to me, is the – you talk about Jerry Rice being the number one wide receiver, I think Barry Sanders is the number one running back. Very true. Since we're on the topic of running backs and, you know, we was on the topic of Bills, my 18 is Thurman Thomas, also on that Bills Super Bowl team. Yep. 
not much left to say. It's just heartbreaking, you know. You get there and lose four straight in a row. Like I just don't see how that's even possible. But and, and you know what's sad? Not to interrupt you about Thurman Thomas. No, you actually replaced Barry Sanders. Neither one of them got a championship ring. Nope. That's, that's crazy. Tough. That's crazy. That's bad. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> My number seventeen. I do believe we're on. We're going to stay in the realm of football, and we're actually going to go back to the realm of Patriots. But for here, I have Randy Moss. You know, one of the greatest receivers of all time. And the guy just had a knack for the ball. I mean, he found a way to get open. And I I don't know what it was about this guy. I think that if he would have been a little more clean cut, per se, or, you know, not gotten much trouble, we could be sitting here having the conversation about who's the greatest receiver of all time, Randy Moss, uh, Terrell Owens, or who, my opinion, probably is the greatest receiver of all time, Jerry Rice. I don't see how you can argue with that much, to be totally honest with you guys. But, you know, I definitely think he deserves to be on this list because he was incredible, and I've got Randy Moss clocking in at 17. Yeah. I actually have Randy Moss at 6th. I think that year he was with the Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick cleaned him up, made him look so dominant. The 23 passing touchdowns from Brady, I mean, that helped Brady secure, you know, even better spot, but also helped Moss, you know, get his name up there even more. And I had Randy Moss on my list, too. And I tell you what, Randy Moss played in two Super Bowls. One was, of course, the undefeated Patriots, who lost that in 2007. But he's also on that San Francisco team in 13, was not a factor. I don't even remember him being on there. I think he played like three games. I I think he, yeah. And you know. If they won, he would have got the ring. Right. And you know, you think about him, how much wasted years he had. I mean, the Raiders, that was a wash. The Titans was a wash. The Titans was the same year as the 49ers, I think. Yeah. Or was it year after? It year was after. Near the end. It was year after. So, you know, Moss played in that San Francisco, but he didn't even play in the Super Bowl. I didn't think he even got on the field in that, and that's sad. But, yeah, Randy Moss was, an under, you know, a champion in my opinion just by the way he played the game. Super fast, great hands, but, yeah, no ring. All right. Next on the list here, we're going to move on to number, let's see, 16 here. I've got an all-time New York Nick here. I've got Patrick Ewing. No championships, great player. They had a chance one year, I think. I think they made it and played the Rockets and played a significantly more dominant center, in my opinion, the greatest center of all time, and Akeem Olajuwon, my favorite center of all time. I think that guy was incredible. Of course, Akeem Olajuwon isn't on this list because he did win back-to-back championships, so we're not here to talk about Akeem Olajuwon, but... Uh, Patrick Ewan really brought basketball back to New York. I mean, they were down bad. Of course, they had the number one pick, so you know they weren't very good. And Patrick Ewan, you know, he just he brought excitement to the city of New York. They sold out season tickets within two days of Patrick Ewing being, or sorry, with the Knicks winning the number one pick in the lottery because everybody knew that pick was going to be Patrick Ewan. And he did a lot for the city of New York. And what New York basketball is today is they're kind of on the uprise right now. I had Patrick Ewan as well, and I tell you what, such a big guy, huge. And the 1986 Rookie of the Year uh, won a gold medal. Don't forget about that. He was on that USA team, won the gold. And, you know, Patrick Ewing, when you think of Knicks basketball, he was the first one that really comes to my mind more than any of them. I'm actually one behind you somehow, James. I am on 17. I've got Junior Sale, the linebacker for the Chargers and the Patriots, and my 16 is Randall Cunningham for the Eagles. Randall Cunningham really, you know, changed up the diversity at quarterback, and he really showed how dominant – that he is and how fast he could be. Yep. Randall Cunningham's a really good pick. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. But Seau's not bad either. I didn't know oh, Seau's great, too. I think everybody knows Junior Seau. Yeah, good. we've all talked about him before, so, you know, we can oh, we can skin. Now, I put these guys together, my 15 and my 16, completely intentionally. 
because it was Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks. It's literally a 30 for 30. <laughs> and in the last year that both these teams were dominant, Reggie Miller got the best of the New York Knicks. So Reggie Miller gets the spot above Patrick Ewan. Started a lot of the three-point shooting. Talked a ton of crap, like a ton of crap. The choking symbol, you know, to Spike Lee. If you guys don't know about that, educate yourself. But <laughs> awesome guy to watch. Master entertainer. And had some pretty cool accomplishments. Like the, uh, I think it was eight points in nine seconds. I mean, yeah, I think, so. think about if you did that for a whole game. How many points would you have at the end of that? Uh, a lot is how many points you'd have at the end of that. But <laughs> Reggie Miller cracks the first part of the first half of our top 30. I guess I'm going to put these two together since they're both on my list. But I had Junior Sale. Of course, you have talked about this guy, linebacker, 20-year career, 12-time pro bowler, lost in 1994 as a Charger and lost in 2007 as a Patriot. So tells you how long he played. Um you know, really, he kind of brought out the, the CTE stuff that we're hearing about football today because, of course, if you didn't know, say I did, you know, commit suicide, had a lot of mental problems, his family says. But, boy, when you watch him on the field, dominant. And I know James probably didn't see him play as much as a Charger, but, boy, you would love to watch him play. And just to finish up with Reggie Miller, you know, trash talker, hated the Knicks, like you said, NBA All-Star gold medalist, 18 seasons, averaged 18.2 points a game. I mean, how can you not like Reggie Miller? Awesome. Best trash talker in the NBA during that time frame, I think. Boy, he sure. could really put it out there, and I liked him for that. And his sister was a great basketball player, yeah, too. I know. Crazy. My 15, I've got a guy that really wished he'd been on the Patriots sooner with Brady, but I've got <laughs> offensive guard John Hanna. John Hanna was a very dominant offensive guard as well, such as, you know, I mentioned earlier with Munoz. He's up there with him, I think. He was very good, but – just like, you know, he didn't get any of those rings that Brady won early 2000s. And that that really comes back to haunt you playing in the wrong generation because you think, what if that had been, you know, me a little bit later. But, Absolutely. Yeah. A little haunt you. I, I got John. Brady Hanna. could have had 12 rings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, scary thought to think of Brady having 12 rings. <laughs> Number 14, I'm going with a two-time MVP, although I will be honest, I don't think he deserved either of these MVPs. I think Shaq should have got the first one. Kobe should have got the second one. Right. But – Steve Nash, because he does have those accolades, great for the Suns. Another guy that made the point guard what it is today, great free throw shooter, great three-point shooter, distributed the ball well. Um, little white guy. I mean, really. I mean, I, I mean, let's just, let's just be honest. Little white guy. And it's impressive to be able to, to accomplish what he did, being undersized, underweight, a little shorter, you know. And he still accomplished getting two MVPs. But, no championships which is why he clocks in at number 14 i've kind of neglected my baseball list i'll go back to it a little bit uh don sutton uh, if you're a brace fan you'll know don sutton was a great broadcaster before that he was a great pitcher uh, he played 23 years that's a lot of pitches guys to play that long uh 324 wins definitely a hall of famer uh really a great right-handed pitcher dominated the game not so much as the fastball, but as far as the other great pitches that he could throw and really a great dodger. Played for the Brewers, played for a lot of teams, but he was a great ball player. For my 14, I can go back to the Bills. I've got Bruce Smith. He's a dominant defensive end, and once again, he's on that team that could not win. I mean, there's nothing worse than, you know, getting there and then losing. But Bruce Smith was very good on the defensive line, and he's probably better than, you know, Aaron Donald in his prime. Possibly. Good chance. Very accomplished player, but – Again, no Super Bowls. Number 13, a guy that both of these guys have already mentioned, commonly known as the greatest tight end of all time, although he's not in my opinion. We have Tony Gonzalez. 
I really like Tony Gonzalez. He accomplished a lot. He was incredible. Um, just if you're curious, my greatest tight end of all time is Rob Gronkowski. That is two I like for it. Uh, I see these guys shaking their heads. They don't agree with me, but I like Rob Gronkowski for that. And I'm not going to talk about why I like Rob Gronkowski for that because this isn't the championship episode. You know, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan, but we won't talk about him too much because it's about Tony Gonzalez. And, you know, again, and I've said this for everybody, it seems like, so I hate to say it again, but he really made the tight end position. Like, nobody utilized their tight end until Tony Gonzalez came along. I mean, there would have been some good tight ends before, but once Tony Gonzalez came out and people started seeing how you could really use that position, tight ends like Witten and Gates started to get a lot more snaps than they'd ever gotten before, and they really started breaking reception records. Like, Antonio Gates has the most touchdowns from a single quarterback still, but... I'm giving Tony Gonzalez number 13, and Kendall is got something to say, even though he's not next on the list. This has nothing to do with the list. I'm going back to the tight end. I got to say Kelsey's the best of all time, but Gronk has him beat in every aspect if you're talking about the females. <laughs> Camilla, oh, she God. is one pretty girl. And I will just go, I'll right, go back that's to That's another show for another day. <laughs> okay, um, I've got Bruce Smith on the list. Um, just to kind of wrap up with what Kendall said, you know, 15-year Buffalo Bill, four years with the Redskins, all-time sack leader with 200. Wow. That'll probably be broken soon, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, with 19-year career, four Super Bowls, couldn't win. It's sad. All right. Kendall, you got one here? I got one. At my 13, I have a Heisman winner. He was running back for the Bills and the 49ers. I've got O.J. Simpson. Yes, sir. Your boy. Very good. Uh, He was killed on the offense, and uh, I won't go off about – off the field, but uh, that was another story for another day, I guess. I think you got the pun I was thinking about there. I got it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got O.J. Simpson. <laughs> a lot of O.J. Simpson jokes over the years. We won't go there either. O.J. clocking in. Number 12, I got Charles Barkley, a guy that gets really overlooked in the aspect of all time because you know him as the moron on TNT with all the horrible takes because the guy says some crazy stuff. I'm not going to lie to you guys. He's got some crazy, crazy takes that I will – I just – I don't know why he says a lot of the stuff that he says, but he is entertaining, so I'll give him that, and it's fun to watch him and Shaq go back and forth. But very underrated player. People really overlook him in the aspect of all time, and the reason is because no championship. I'm kind of going off the wall here, and everybody's going to laugh and say, wait a minute. Tommy John, everybody knows the Tommy John surgery. Uh, left-handed pitcher, played for numerous teams, Angels, Yankees, played 26 seasons. I mean, 26 seasons is a long time in any sport. Uh, has surgery, of course, named after him, which is probably not his highlight, but he does. Uh, four-time All-Star, three World Series, but never could get a championship ring. I've got James's probably his top – Three, if not number one, I've got Philip Rivers, quarterback for the Chargers. Philip Rivers was a very good quarterback, very good trash talker, but he was clean. He was, he'd never said anything, good, you know. Good family, man. Nothing that'd come back on him. World. Oh, yeah, most yeah. definitely. And now he's a head coach of a high school team, so, I mean, he really didn't, you know, keep up his big pro lifestyle anymore. He's back down to keep normal. Keep an eye on him, though. I could see that him coaching me. college team somewhere along That the reminds way. me. I'm transferring high schools. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. Also playing football for the first time in, like, you know, well, six you years. Never too late. Forgot to mention that. <laughs> Philip, I'm coming. He is on my list, but I'll talk about him when I get to him because he's, he's got a bit to go for me. But we're clocking in at my number 11. All-time 
Lakers scoring leader. I can't remember if he's first or second. The last time I checked, he was first, but I would bet in 20 years Kobe passed him. But he is second, if not first. I have Elgin Baylor. Laker great. Right. Guy's incredible. It's shocking to me. I mean, all these players, especially once we close in on the top ten, they, these are all great players, and I can't stress that enough. But this one shocks me the most that he didn't get a championship because those early Laker teams are known for dominating and winning championships. And a guy that played for him and was their best player at the time, the dominant force, never could get one, Elgin Baylor. And, you know, this is kind of really off the wall, but, you know, it's funny you mentioned Elgin Baylor. But I'm going to mention all these guys that played in the 50s, 60s, and 70s in the NBA. And, I mean, there's many I could mention. But, you know, these players never tried to leave teams and make super teams back then. No. You know, super teams are dominant today. And and they were dominant back then when you think of the Celtics and stuff. But they weren't by trades or free agency. No, they were just put together. And, you know, they, they were put together by drafting. just by drafting and, and just knowing people and just saying, you know what, I'm a Celtic. That's who drafted me. I'm going to play it. And, you know, times have changed a lot in the NBA. And it's, you could say it's about any sport, I guess, even today. But, but those guys were in it, and they just weren't whiners. Oh, I'm not going to win a championship. I'm leaving next year. Coach is making me set too much. You look at these guys today, they are petted rotten. And you look at these lists that we're talking about, these guys should be champions, and they're not. It's a shame. And it's very shameful. And, you know, if I was some of these NBA guys, man, I'd be ashamed of myself because they're just out for the rings. And that's fine. That's what you play games for is championships. And that's what we're talking about. But, boy, those guys in the 56, 70s, if they won it, it was because they, they were there. It. They were there. So that I just kind of throw that in. Coming in at my number 11 I, is who I figured James would say is the best running back of all time, but I've got LaDamian Tomlinson. <laughs> I really think that he deserved a ring. He was good, but once again, you know, I don't think he was better than Barry Sanders. I, I'd put that out there because Barry Sanders is my third on the list. But I'll give LaDamian Tomlinson credit. He was good, and he definitely deserved a ring. I always appreciate the credit. Of course, he is on my list too, but he is not my greatest running back of all time, and the greatest running back of all time, in my opinion, is on this list. So, looking forward to that. We'll one. get to him. He's he's in the top five. I'll get, I'll give you that that little tidbit of information there. So, is it Danny Woodhead? <laughs> Danny Woodhead is for the worst. <laughs> oh, it's what's his name, uh, Ryan Matthews. Oh yeah, Ryan Matthews. He was great for the Chargers, wasn't he? Thanks for all the fumbles again, Ryan. Uh, number ten for me, Mister Triple Double himself, Russell Westbrook. Guy still has somewhat of an opportunity to win a championship, and what I mean by that is he's not winning one on the Washington Wizards. Like, I'm sorry, but he's just not. But he does still have years left on his NBA career, so he could get one, but to this point hasn't won one. Average a triple-double. I mean, number, I don't even remember how many years now, and I saw a statistic today, actually. For the rest of this year, uh, if Russell Westbrook averages zero rebounds, zero assists, and zero points for the rest of the season, he still averages a triple-double for the season already. Guy's incredible, unprecedented. Nobody, I mean, Oscar Robertson, but nobody, I don't think anyone's ever done this. And I hope he gets a ring before he goes. Yeah, just real quick on him, he's not on my list, but I agree. A guy deserves it. Great, sure. great ball player. Um, I'm going to go back to Dalian Thompson as well. Uh, two time, uh, I, I said that wrong. He's second in all time rushing touchdowns behind Emmett Smith. Uh, 11 year career, nine with your Chargers, yes. two with the Jets. Sure, kind of a waste yeah. of two years there in a way, but. You know, never played in the Super Bowl. 2006, that team went 14-2 and two and lost. That's the Patriots. I believe it was Patriots. My, my, I, was. I think it was. it was. And in 2010, lost the Pittsburgh Steelers in the championship game, which yep. Tebow put them away shortly after. But, you know, LT, I'm not going to say he was the greatest running back of all time, but he did it all. He caught the ball. He ran the ball. He he could juke. I mean, great ball player. I, 
to me, when you think of LT, he's a Charger for life. I agree. Probably one of the best Charger running backs of all time. I, I think I think he earns that. I don't know of anybody much better if I could think I of agree, anybody. 100%. And you know, when you think of LT, yeah, he kind of became the second LT behind Lawrence Taylor, but. I call him the offensive LT. So he earned it. He earned. It. He didn't take LT's title. He was no. offensive player. Coming in my number ten, I've got someone we just talked about earlier. I got Dan Marino, of course. Dan Marino's good, like we said. But I don't want to waste too much time repeating, you know, what we just talked about. But I got Dan Marino. S- similar to my number nine, I don't want to waste too much time for it because we're definitely going to cut this. I think we're going to cut this pretty close. So I'm going to try to get some of these that I can get a little faster going. So I'll, so we have time for our top threes because I want everybody to have time, to, especially with their top three, to really in-depth explain that. So Antonio Gates, number nine for me, great charger, greatest tight end for the Chargers of all time, clearly. Leads in uh, reception touchdowns from one specific quarterback. Of course, that quarterback being Phillip Rivers. Guy was undrafted, like Kendall said, and especially to be undrafted, did a ton with his career. Uh, NBA, John Stockton, gold medalist, great defensive guard. You always remember his defense, 19-year career, great ball player. My number nine is Ken Griffey Jr. I like watching Ken Griffey. Um, I like the Reds in baseball. I like watching the Reds, and he was a great Red. Uh, he finished his career with 630 home runs and had a 284 batting average. Wow. I have no idea what that means, but good for him. <laughs> good for him. My number eight, another guy we've all already mentioned, saved him. Not my last running back, but I'm not leaving LT out of this list. There's absolutely no way LaDainian Tomlinson doesn't make this list. Greatest charge running back of all time, and like Randall said, could come out of the backfield and catch, could run up the middle, could run the stretch, do anything you asked him to do, and I think the guy really deserved to ring wasted two years on the jets but thanks for everything you did lt my first first ever football card thank you for making me a chargers fan lt actually don't thank you because we suck but (laughs) no he he put his dues in no question i'm on back to baseball real quick tony gwynn great padre when you think of hitting tony gwynn was probably the best hitter of all time in my opinion mate don't have the stats for that great ball player died of cancer shame but really good ball player tony gwynn will be always be a great san diego padre Speaking of San Diego. San Diego. I've got another guy that's going to get overlooked. I've got Joe Thomas, the offensive tackle for the Browns. Joe Thomas stayed loyal to the Browns, and that was his downfall, or he would have probably got a ring. He was very good. He's, you know, today's Eric Fisher or whoever you want to call it, Andre Villanueva. He's those guys, and, I mean, very dominant, very good. Another guy I thought about putting on my list, but unfortunately, not that he cares, doesn't make the list. (laughs) Uh, Number seven, a guy that – no one has said yet, so I'm really happy to be able to put him on my list. I've got Vince Carter, Vince Sanity, number seven. Uh, another guy like Wilkins, not just a dunker. I promise I know what the notions are. He'd say he's more than a dunker. He could shoot top 15 all time in three-pointers, if not top 10, just with people passing him like crazy now. I think he might have slipped out. But the guy was awesome, bucket getter, played good defense, and you know, changed Canada forever with his basketball because Canada's always been a hockey town, and now they have the Raptors, and now they're just as popular, and Canada loves basketball because of Vince Carter. I'm going to go with Steve McNair, um, Oiler Titan. Uh, went to four postseasons. Of course, we always remember Steve McNair and that heartbreaking pass that got stopped at the one-yard line against the Rams. Kurt Warner went on to win MVP. McNair should have probably won that MVP, but uh, great ball player, Steve McNair. I've got Ted Williams, left fielder for the Reds – or not Reds, uh, Red Sox. There you go. But left field's my position. I love, like, Ted Williams. He's got great stats. And I'm reading this here. It said he, 
his career was interrupted by military service during World War II, and, and he's also in the Korean War, so you got to respect him for that. Yeah. He's also frozen. His head is actually frozen. Oh, well, I, I'll be honest. I have no idea who this guy is, but, I mean, served in the military, so major, major respect to this guy. I'm not sure if you had the choice or not, but especially if you did have the choice to leave a professional sport and go in the military, good good for you, man. I really respect it's you for like that. The Cardinals, uh, uh, his mind is what, uh, I know, I, there's a Cardinals guy that did the same. I, we can't think of his name. If you think he of it, tell died me. In service, died in service. Pat, Tilly, Pat, Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman. Pat That's Tillman. Like, I respect him too. Also respect for Pat Tillman. I think he did. He win. No, he didn't. He did. The Cardinals. Okay. Well, I doubt he's on any of our list because of a shortened career, but he might be. So I don't know. He's not on mine though. Uh, number six, John Stockton, all-time leader in assists. A great defensive player for being his size especially nobody will ever catch this guy on assist i don't think it's even possible at this point and the guy's a heck of a ball player and a great combo with the menace carl malone <sighs> okay i'm gonna say adrian peterson 35 years old still playing not sure how much playing time he'll get this year he ranks fifth in rushing of all time uh no super bowls great viking you always think about him that way but adrian peterson my six, once again, someone we, we talked about for quite a bit. I got Randy Moss, so, I mean, not much left to say about Randy. All right, let's see how much time. We can slow down a little for our top five. We're, right. we're good. You know, spend a, lot, spend a little. I'm going to try to spend more time on my top three than my five and four, but I'll give him a little. I'm going to give him a little extra time than I have on the last few. Uh, number five, I have what I would consider to be the most skilled receiver of all time. Definitely not the best because with the rings and the accolades, I think that has to be Jerry Rice. <laughs> but if you could give me any receiver at their prime for one game or one season, I'm taking Calvin Johnson every time. I'll take Calvin Johnson every single time. Guy was massive, just ripped the ball away from people, had the speed to be 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I mean, the guy was just a beast. I've never seen anyone get triple covered until I seen Calvin Johnson get literally triple covered. And then he still caught the touchdown on the play that he got triple covered. There's just never been a receiver like Calvin Johnson. A lot of people are comparing DK Metcalf, and he has the potential, but personally, I don't think we'll ever see another Calvin Johnson. I don't think there's a chance. Um, Going back to my childhood, Atlanta Brave fan, Mr. Dale Murphy. Met Dale Murphy, what, three years ago? What a great guy. Signed autographs all day long, talked, tells stories, perfect ball player. Really is not in the Hall of Fame and should be. Uh, two-time NL MVP in 82 and 83. I mean, really, if you think about Atlanta Braves, they've had so many great players down there. But Dale Murphy will come to any Atlanta Braves fan in mind. I can tell you that. Coming to my fifth, I've got another baseball player. I've got Barry Bonds, greatest home run hitter of all time. I mean, he's under a little bit of backlash for steroids, but at the same time, he's just doing what everybody else is doing. He just got caught. I mean, the steroids has also made him kind of deformed. He's got giant hands and a – Giant head too, but no, no hate. He's a, he's a great home run hitter and he's a great athlete. All right, my number four, and I said my greatest running back of all time was in my top five, and he's number four. The drum roll, please. Adrian Peterson, oh, the, come on, the greatest running back of all no, time. This guy was no so good on the Vikings. This guy was incredible on the Vikings. Now, does he have the numbers that Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith has? No, because he decided that he wanted to beat his child and, you know, miss a couple <laughs> years of his career. And that'll hurt your numbers as well as it hurts your personal being because he's probably not the best of guys. But, you know, he doesn't have the numbers because he missed the time for, you know, that. Uh, 
But I think he's the greatest running back of all time. It does, again, kind of a similar deal with Carl Malone. Doesn't mean I have to like you, but I do respect that you're a great NFL player. And in my opinion, the greatest, most, you know, I'll, I'll change it. I'll do the same with Calvin Johnson. Most skilled running back of all time. I'll put it that way because I do think as far as statistically there's guys with better numbers, but I'll say the most skilled running back of all time, and I'll put that the same way with Calvin Johnson. You know, I'll never debate you on your show, James, but Adrian Peterson, come on now. He's good, man. I know you never really saw Barry Sanders play, so I'm going to give you a pass on that one, okay? Uh, I'm going to go with the Barry Bonds on this one. Barry Bonds, MVP seven times, 14-time All-Star, all-time home run leader, like Kendall said, eight gold gloves, lost in the 2002 World Series when he was just clubbing balls out of the park. I mean, if if you ever watched him play in San Francisco, he was hitting them in the bay. I mean, he was hitting them clear out of the park into the bay. This dude could hit a ball. I actually saw Barry in 1986 play for Pittsburgh. He was a skinny little kid. <laughs> and time he got to San Francisco, he was a giant. So, um, played during the steroid usage. That's always going to hurt him. There's many of those guys that played during that time frame with great ball players, but that's going to always be a mark on him. In my number four, I've got one final player from the Buffalo Bills. I got the leader of the team. I've got Jim Kelly. This one had to hurt a little bit more than the others because, you know, he was the leader of the team, and he just could not come up with a championship. I know it's a team sport, but when you're the quarterback and you're leading the team, all the pressure falls on you. So, finally, I got all the Bills on there. (laughs) Jim Kelly. I was waiting for that because I knew he was coming, but I didn't know where he would be. All right, number three, a guy that I've spent a ton of time on this show talking about, so I'm really not going to spend a lot of time talking about him, Mike Vick. um, Couldn't tackle him, had a deep ball, had a medium ball, got out of pressure, did things that nobody's done since, created the running quarterback, Michael Vick, number three. Yeah, I like that one pick too. I went with Eddie George, uh, Oiler Titan again, you know, 1996 Rookie of the Year, uh, you know, started at tailback and never missed a start. I, I didn't know that until I researched him a little bit more. He made the Pro Bowl four consecutive years and, of course, was in that Super Bowl they lost the Rams. Looking at my top three now, it kind of looks boring after everything's been talked about because I know my one's been talked about, my three's been talked about, and my number two's going to be talked about here in a minute. But number three, I have Barry Sanders. I like it. Oh, yeah. All right. Top twos. My number two. A uh, guy, uh, the only person I told these guys would definitely be on my list in the top five is Chris Paul. The guy is, in my opinion, the epitome of what a point guard should be. He can shoot the ball. He distributes the ball. He looks to distribute the ball first. And this guy just contributes to winning. He goes to OKC for one year. Oh, wow, look at that. That terrible team is over above 500 and makes the playoff. Goes to the Phoenix Suns, who won like 20 games last year. Oh, look, now they're the number one seed in the West. Lob City Clippers. Houston they gave Golden State a run for their money. This guy is just a bona fide, pure winner. And how can you not love a winner? I mean, the guy's awesome. Who I looked up to and who I wanted to play like when I was in my basketball days, I wanted to be Chris Paul. Chris Paul was awesome. Love the guy and the epitome of what point guard play should be. Everybody's going to laugh at this one. I don't know if he really should be number two or not, but I feel sorry for the guy. Drew Bledsoe. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this guy, being a Patriot fan for years, really resurrected the team. Everybody was pumped, man. Drew Bledsoe's going to bring us home, baby. And Tom Brady comes out, really just takes him out of the game. I mean, really ended his career. And the dude was great, but, you know, he gets hit by Mo Lewis and he's done. And then in comes Tom Brady and he's done. He comes back that year, beats Pittsburgh, and everybody's like, well, Bledsoe's back. 
Bill Chick said, no, you're not. <laughs> so right. really feel sorry for Bledsoe in a way because he did have a great career. He was a great New England Patriot. He really resurrected the franchise. I know Brady's going to get credit for that. But yeah. Bledsoe really brought excitement back to New England. So I, I'm going to go with Bledsoe. I agree. One thing about Bledsoe is he still had another chance. He went to the Cowboys. I mean, he. Oh, nobody wins in Dallas. Come on, Kendall. <laughs> Well, in the nineties it did, but I'm saying it's not like his career was no, over, over. It was over. Being over. a big Brady supporter, I got to get on Brady's side of he this actually debate. Went to Buffalo, and that didn't work out either. So, yeah. So he had two opportunities. No, not at all. <laughs> like I said, I'm on the Brady side of that. I know you are. My number two is Gaylord Perry. He's a pitcher for eight different teams. Uh, you know, Gaylord was, in my opinion, just because I've known him personally, the greatest pitcher of all time. I mean, I've grew up getting pitching lessons from him. He was my neighbor. I was in his front yard uh, playing pepper with him. I mean, this guy's an awesome guy. He has an awesome collection of baseball memorabilia, and he knows all kinds of players. He's got some great stories, and Gaylord Perry will be my number two. All right, number one, very curious to see who these guys have. Uh, mine's going to come as a real shock here, Philip Rivers. <laughs> oh, my, really? <laughs> Big shock. I'm sure no one ever saw Philip Rivers being my number one player without a ring. I know you're shocked. I'm so sorry. But led the Chargers to success, did some great things. Top five passing yards, top ten passing touchdowns. Actually, I think it's reversed. I think I said that backwards. But, I mean, the guy was awesome. Great trash talker, fun guy, family guy, great guy, just a good person in my opinion. And I don't see any way you can dislike Philip Rivers. Philip. Thank you for everything you've done for my Chargers, man. I appreciate it. Would have been nice to have got a Super Bowl, but honestly, I really don't think it's your fault. So, appreciate it, Austin. Well, mine, mine Ken already talked about is Mr. Gaylord Perry. You know, you always, as a kid, watch these guys on TV. You watch them play the game, and you, when you meet them, it is so cool. You become a kid again. I did. When I first met Gaylord Perry, I was a kid again. And I just really want to thank Gaylord for all he's done for the Chapman family. You know, he helped Kendall. He molded him through pitching, really done a good job. You know, Cy Young winner in both legs, nobody's done that. He's a Hall of Famer, great guy. And if you ever met Gaylord Perry, he's well worth meeting. Love the guy. He's a great guy. All right, number one, Kendall. And my number one was talked about a few minutes ago. I figured nobody would say it, but I had Vince Carter. I like it. How can you not like the guy that just loved basketball? I mean, he played four different decades. He's in four different decades he played basketball. He loved his job, and, I mean, nothing wrong with that. So, that, Vince Carter's my one. All right, guys. That concludes the list. I was very skeptical to see if we were going to get through that because we have cut it so close. This app cuts me off in an hour. We are at 57 minutes and 50 seconds. So, we were really cutting it close there. I was getting a little nervous. but. <laughs> But we got it all in there. We packed it in. Honestly, we were thinking this might have to be a two, if not three-part episode. So it's really cool to be able to get this out in one episode. Uh, personally, this is my favorite episode that we've recorded so far. It's the really cool idea. And it was, I think I could speak for the three of us in saying that it was a lot of fun to go back and look through all these players that didn't get rings and you know try to rank them because it's hard to do NBA and NFL at the same time and baseball for these guys. But awesome fun experience love doing it we'll probably do another massive list like this at some point in time it'll have to be a different one because you know you can't we can't do this one again but a lot of fun i hope you guys enjoy it we definitely enjoyed making this one new longest episode that's our new record guys if you're curious but thank you all for tuning in it's been great love you guys thanks for tuning in i'm out of here